0: Tvam eva mata chitart tvam eva Tvam eva bandhu chasaka tvam eva Tvam eva vidya drvinam tvam eva Tvam eva I bow to God in mother in father in friend in companion in riches and wisdom, in everything, and in everyone, I bow to him in you. Today I would like to read a very short passage from Conversations with Yogananda. It's number 35 from this book. A visitor to Mount Washington Estates, this is the ashram that my Guruji founded, The Master told us, once inquired of me superciliously, what are the assets of this organization? None, I replied, only God. Divine Mother once told me, those to whom I give too much, I do not give myself. You know, it's a very interesting thing, but if you place God first, as we were saying yesterday, He does take care of you. He seems as if he were off in the clouds, off in the distance of space. One of the most beautiful stories, passages, chapters in Autobiography of a Yogi, it's called Two Penniless Boys in Brindavan. When my guru's older brother, who was very materialistic, challenged him, he said, you have so much faith in God, I would like to see you go through a test. Put your faith to the test. You've been sheltered by a wealthy family. I'd like to see if you can carry on just on your own. My guru said, instantly I'd accept. So he said, all right, here's what I propose. That you go with your friend here as a witness. Go from Agra, where they were staying at that time, to Vrindavan. And take no money with you. Don't tell anybody that you're out of money. Don't miss a fool, a meal. And if you can come back here without having told people of your need, then I will certainly be the most astonished person in Agra. Well, my Guruji took that challenge. It's one of the most beautiful passages in that book. If you haven't read that book, please read it. It's so thrilling. But this book, this story is also just beautiful. They took the train, and my Guru's friend was sort of a skeptic and didn't quite believe. So he was already beginning to say, what a kind of a fool's errand have you got us on to. When all of a sudden these two men came in and um, they asked him, would you come to lunch with us? And my guru was, well, he first of all pretended not to be interested. They said, well, but we, we've been, we were supposed to bring some princes to a luncheon, and they weren't able to come. And so would you please come in their stead? Well, by this time, my guru's friend was blubbering. It was such an unexpected kind of thing. But they had a gorgeous banquet, not just a lunch, a, few, a repast for princes. Then, afterwards, out in the hot sun of vrindavan the friend said, oh, that was just an extraordinary coincidence, that couldn't be anything uh, real. And my Guruji, he said, how often once man's stomach is filled, his faith is put to rest. He said, God will take care of us, don't worry. And they were standing there in the shade when all of a sudden a young man came by and introduced himself. And my Guruji pretended not to be interested, of course he knew. But the young man said, surely you're not banishing me. He said, you're my guru. I had a vision of Krishna this morning in meditation, and he showed me you and your companions standing here. You're the one I've been seeking all this time. Even as a child, my Guruji was a guru. And so he, the man said, I'm so grateful to have found you. And my guru said, I also am grateful that we have come together. And he allowed the man to take him through all the sites, the main sites of Vrindavan. And then in the evening, he never told him his problem, but he said that uh, the young man gave him many rupees, enough to bring him home and have him have more. And my Guruji tried not to accept it. He said, please allow me to accrue this good karma. And then, in the shadow of the platform there, my Guruji gave him Diksha into Kriya Yoga. When he came back to Akram, his brother could hardly believe it. But God does take care of us. One of the wonderful things about that book was that it showed again and again how God takes care of his devotees. And that devotee, yes, of course, he... The clearer your mind, the clearer your devotion, the more he will take care of you. But honestly, if you just seriously, sincerely love God and put your hand in his hand, you will see that he does take care of you. It isn't uh, extraordinary people who, who achieve this. It's extraordinary devotion that achieves it. You remember the second saying that we had in this series, where a Columbia professor asked my Guruji, what is the difference? How do you distinguish between yourself and your disciples? And my guru didn't say, well, he spoke of all of us as being waves on the same one ocean. But he didn't say that a great guru is a great Mahatma bigger than all other waves. He said that the closer you are to the bosom, the smaller the wave, the closer you are to God. The difference between a true enlightened soul and other people is not that their waves are higher, but that they don't have a wave. That there's just that little bulge. I remember sitting in front of him one time. He was editing his uh, manuscript on the Bhagavad Gita. And I had nothing to do, so I was just looking and thinking how grateful I was to be his disciple. And when he'd finished his work, which was a few minutes later, he asked me to help him stand up and he held my hands and he looked at me joyfully in the eyes and he said, just a bulge of the ocean. He didn't want me to look at him. He wanted me to look at God. He wanted me to understand that whatever I saw that was beautiful in him, it was because God was shining through him. That God whom he came to remind us of, that's who he was. His job was to help us to see through the windows of his eyes, through the windows of our own hearts, that that infinite God is the one beauty in the world. tuameva Mata ca pita You are the mother. You are the father. And when your mother reminds you of God, then that's a wonderful thing. And when she doesn't, well... But remember, she too is struggling to get out of maya at her own pace, so let her be and give that experience back to God. But always try to see God behind everybody. Try to see God behind your mother and father. When riches come to you, say, God is my riches. No assets, only God. This was the consciousness that my guru had. He came to America with... Very little money his father had given him some, but bit by bit, without avarice, without eagerness for anything, he sought nothing from anyone. I know when he when I came to him, he asked me if I had any money, and I told him I had a, I think I had two hundred dollars or something. It isn't that he wanted it from me; he just wanted to be sure that I had security. And then they gave me an allowance, and they took care of me in the ashram. It was not, he never wanted from people. He wanted to give. That was the wonderful thing about his nature, that his whole nature was giving. I remember one time, because he used to give us money for ice cream or little things like that, and so he was getting into his car, and uh, he he said, it's rather hot today, isn't it? Well, we knew that he... (laughs) He wanted to give us some five dollars so we could buy some ice cream. And uh, so we said, well, it's not so bad, sir, because we didn't want to um, look as if we were asking for anything like this. He said, are you sure it's not so hot, not hot today? We said, well, if, <laughs> if you say so, sir. then finally, because he knew that we were playing with him, too. And he said, I can't keep money and I won't. And he gave us five dollars well that's the way he lived and the thing is and it's astonishing but the more you give the more you have i don't mean give foolishly you know i've seen many cases in hollywood for example where actors will become very wealthy and then just throw their money away on their friends well you have to be careful you have to give it cautiously but uh, husband your wealth properly yes don't be don't be don't be scatterbrained but at the same time The more you give generously, the more you feel that uh, you want to help others. It's so beautiful to see that experience in living with a true guru. Because more than having something called to his attention, he knew. There was a story that I was told by a friend of mine, how he was with the master in a car. And they were driving along the car in Los Angeles, All of a sudden, the master said, stop, stop, and he got out of the car. It was a very poor section of the city, and he walked back a few doors to this very humble-looking variety shop, and he went in there, and he bought a lot of junk. And this friend of mine said, but what's he buying that junk for? And my guru came to the counter, and he paid for the uh, things that he had selected, totally useless, he never used them. And the woman, when she saw the money, she burst into tears. She said that, I badly needed just this sum of money, and it was getting late, and the shop was going to have to close, and it looked as if I wouldn't get it. She said, God sent you to me. The master didn't say anything. He didn't say, oh yes, God told me, I knew. No, he didn't perform miracles in that self-vaunting way. But somehow, around him, everything seemed to go beautifully. And it was always with the thought of, what can I do for others? You know, you hear the word disciple, and you think of discipline, at least in English. In India, the word is more chela, which is sort of tied to the word chele, son, child. The guru sees his disciples as his children. He comes back again and again with his head bloodied by all their insults and betrayals and the things that they have done to try to break away from him. As happens, unfortunately, the guru keeps coming back. A million times, if need be. You know, he didn't come into this body as a person seeking liberation. He had it. He was liberated many lifetimes ago. He told us that. He came with that freedom to help disciples, out of kindness. We are his children. And so many people would think, oh, he didn't like this or he didn't like that. Well, he had to sometimes be a disciplinarian, but he was always our friend. I noticed whenever he scolded me, which, thank God, was not too often, but I'd look into his eyes and I'd see that it seemed as if he was a bit sorry that he had to talk like that, because he loved me. He loved all of us equally. When he told me, I give you my unconditional love, that was no mean thing. People who betrayed him, he was the same to them. He said, if my child falls from the, from the roof, I run to pick her up. If she gets up and starts shooting at me, then I put my hand in my pocket. But I will love her all the same. This is the love of the great gurus. When you think of the great Mahatmas in India, you often think of people like that. No true Mahatma will be like that. A true Mahatma is nobody. He's a little wave. He sees God, and he sees that God is just talking through him, blessing people through him. The true Mahatmas that I have met in this country are not big people. They're non-people. They're only wearing the mask of humanity, in order to express that infinite, which is in you and me. As I used to say to Ananda Moima when I visited her, which was often, thank God, but I would say that I see you as Kali. That's how she is. One time, one of the disciples wrote to my guru. He said, every time I see you, I see Divine Mother. I don't see you. And you know, the master didn't, in all humility, oh, no, no, he, don't. he didn't say that. He had a little cane. He used to use a cane, not so much because he needed it, because it was like a danda. And he tapped him on the knee. He said, then, behave accordingly. He was, it was like being with God. But God, not in the sense of overawing. God is your nearest. God is your dearest. Your father, your mother, your friend, your companion. So that every desire that you have, don't think that you'll find that desire fulfilled in anything that you imagine, but it will be fulfilled in God. God contains the fulfillment that you want on every level of life. So if you want riches, yes, he'll give it to you, but uh, it won't satisfy you for long. Whereas if you have this richness inside, You'll be amazed how he does take care of you. I had this experience so many times in my life that when it looked as if I didn't have what I needed to be able to survive even, and yet somehow there it was. Once I felt inspired by Divine Mother to return to India, and I had managed with donations and so on to have enough money to come here and come back. And just then, my car, which I needed up there in the mountains where I live, threw a rod and I realized I had to get a new car. Well, I thought if I get a new car, I won't be able to go to India. And if I don't, if I go to India I'll, when I come back, which I have to do, then I'll need a car up there in the mountains. So I said, Well, Divine Mother, what shall I do? And I didn't get an answer. So I finally said, Well, Divine Mother, you have to give if i common sense tells me i have to get a car if you still want me to go to india you're going to have to reimburse me and so i put down a $1000 on a new car well new used car let's put it that way the next the end of that weekend this was friday the next monday morning i got a letter from somebody who my how many people in america think of god as the divine mother he wrote in this letter Use this check as Divine Mother wants you to. Here's a check for $1,000. How many times have I seen? Don't, I mean, put God to the test. Don't be afraid. He likes it. But with love. Don't, Don't make demands of him. Don't be scolding and arrogant and egotistical. But if you live for him and just say, well, I'm yours. You take care of me. It's astounding how much he does. Yes, with tests, sure. I don't mean he eases the path before you. He may throw brambles in your way, but you will see that in the end, everything comes out beautifully. So, make God your asset. You will see that he will will never go wrong if you make him. Whereas those to whom God gives too much, he doesn't give himself. It isn't the greatest thing of all to have his joy, joy to Though green summer fade and winter draw near, my Lord, in your presence I live without fear, through tempest, through snows, through turbulent tide, the touch of your hand is my strength and my